Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the January 6th Select Committee bombshell. Number two, news on funding for Ukraine and COVID relief. And number three, Hill delegations head to the Ukraine. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The biggest story this morning is the January 6th Select Committee uh, and what, what some documents that came out last night. Um, it's a bombshell that may ultimately prove to be the uh, biggest thing in terms of at least understanding where the Select Committee is going. They are now asserting that former President Donald Trump and others may have committed fraud and obstruction in trying to overturn the 2020 election. Yes, that is that is that is true. It is a bombshell. I would I would just caveat everything. So this is our my my intro caveat. The January 6th Select Committee is not a prosecute. It's not a prosecute prosecutorial. That's a great word to use at five. Say that three times fast. Yeah, it's I tough will at not. five in the morning. I, I could barely say it one time slow. Um, it, it doesn't have the power to prosecute, right? So this came, this filing came as uh, part of the panel's attempt to enforce a subpoena for John Eastman, uh, a conservative lawyer, um, and it's playing out in a federal court in California. Um, but, but this, the January 6th Select Committee has a lot of evidence and is almost certain to put together a criminal referral to the Justice Department against the former president, Donald Trump. Um so this is huge. This is huge. And this is going to be um, it's going to be talked about a lot on Capitol Hill. And and it does kind of increase the stakes for the public phase of this investigation, which we've we are still waiting for. We we keep hearing it's going to be in um, it's going to be in uh, uh, the spring or summer. I'd say summer at this point is more likely. Um, this is going to give Trump further uh, incentive to go against Cheney and to to try to make her, um, uh, you know, make her the the boogeyman out of this. Um, we I don't want to get into the legal merits about whether this is this is a um, about what the whether there is a case against Trump. I'm not a lawyer. You're not a lawyer. But it's worth reading all the coverage of this because the 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 select committee is is laying out some pretty damaging and pretty um, uh, thought out criticisms and and not only criticisms, but accusations against president, uh, former President Donald Trump. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that was pretty amazing was Eastman, who's this conservative lawyer, is saying that he was Trump's lawyer. And so it's tr- attorney client privilege. Um, you know, the committee's going back and forth about whether or not that's even true. Uh, this arguing that he hasn't proven that. But Eastman asserted his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination almost 150 times. One five zero during his interview before the select committee on December 9th, uh, the interview transcript was submitted as part of Wednesday's filing. So you can read that uh, if you if you are so inclined. We also lay out um, some really interesting kind of nuggets from uh, the committee's filing in Punchbowl News AM. If you don't subscribe, uh, please do. I think it is kind of behooves you, particularly on issues like this, where it's 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 better to probably read it than us kind of summarize it always. I do think to your point, and then we can move on quickly, is this is going to be a very difficult case, both legally and politically for DOJ. No U.S. current or former president has ever been... Um, 
you know, has ever faced, a ch- been charged with a crime. And so that's that's going to be a big thing to just that's historically extremely significant uh, and something that they will take um, certainly as part of the consideration when making that decision. To your point, it really looks like potentially June, um, you know, or maybe April for this uh, public hearings uh, with a report by June, certainly a report is expected to come before the midterm election. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. We've got some news. The White House is seeking $10 billion with a B dollars for Ukraine, plus another $22.5 billion on COVID. Yeah, so this is good. This is a, a news that we're breaking this morning. The administration is sending up their request uh, for the money for the Ukraine and the COVID money in the coming uh, today. They, they But they told us last night, a source told us last night the timing is in flux. But listen, there's not much flux to be had. The, the government runs out of money in eight days. And the administration wants COVID and Ukraine money to be considered as part of this package. So I, I don't I, I understand the flux that they are anticipating, but I would suggest that there's not much flux to be had once again. Uh, let's start with with the Ukraine money. The Ukraine money is um, uh, $10 billion, which is the upper range of what what uh, congressional negotiators have been talking about. Uh, this would be in humanitarian money and military aid. We've reported on this a ton. Um, this is going to get bipartisan support. Now, the and let's just deal with this. Let's just lay out what they want at the beginning here. On COVID, they want twenty-two and a half billion. Now, let's get to the tr- the 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 challenges. So, if they include the Ukraine aid in the supplemental spending bill that funds government until uh, the end of September. That's going to be tough. I mean, in 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 the Senate, that's going to induce, that's going to force, not force, but it's going to entice, I would say, some Republicans to be for the legislation, for the big spending bill. Otherwise, they are not for the big spending bill. So um, that all said, they're, in the House, it looks like they're going to, Republicans would like them to find a way to split this question, to have one one vote on the omnibus, another on the on the Ukraine relief that would allow Kevin McCarthy's House Republicans to vote against the big the big spending bill and for the Ukraine aid. We'll have to see whether that happens in the Senate. I mean, John Thune kind of was resigned to the fact that they would be twinned together and said it would it would entice Republicans to vote for the big spending bill on covid aid. I am very skeptical they're going to be able to get a deal together on this. I don't know whether it's going to slow down the spending bill, but there are Mitt Romney and other senators are not hot on more COVID money. And I talked to Richard Shelby, the top Republican on the Appropriations Committee. I talked to him about this yesterday, and he said, we need to know how much has been unspent before we give new money. But once again, we are eight days, Anna, away from the, the funding deadline, and this is just all coming to a head. So we anticipate the Appropriations Committee, the appropriators, uh, appropriations negotiators are going to have a lot of um, a lot of negotiations in the next couple of days. I spoke to Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, uh, yesterday, and she suggested that the Ukraine money is going to be part of the omnibus spending bill because that's the fastest way to do it. We'll have to see how they they put those together, how they mesh those together from a logistic logistics point of view in the next couple of days. Um, 
could they need now the the next question is could they need some sort of short-term stopgap spending bill the answer to that is maybe there's a chance that they're going to need to do some i mean it takes four or five days to construct one of these packages they weren't even done with negotiations as of last night when we left the capitol so um We'll have to see how that how that plays out. This is all going to come to a head next week. All of this is going to come to a head next week. Um, so, lot lots going on on this front. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the, the kind of appetite for another short term funding bill is very low, but kind of adding these things into the mix really does change things. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out if they can actually get something together. Uh, to your point. Uh, does COVID relief kind of fall by the wayside? I think there's a lot of skepticism as, as we report this morning among Republicans that this much money is needed. They want a full accounting of the money that's already been spent. Um, and so it's certainly going to be interesting to see how they are able to cobble something together. Also, just to note, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson is continuing to meet with senators uh, this morning uh, and, and this afternoon. She's today going to be with Ben Sass, uh, Patrick Leahy, and Amy Klobuchar. If you don't follow Punchbowl News on our Instagram handle, I suggest you do. It's uh, at Punchbowl News. Our intrepid reporters, um, Max Cohen and Christian Hall, have been taking that and doing stories and, and posting all of the kind of up close and personal details of what these visits look like. It's been a kind of a fun peek behind the scenes. Max and Christian are what we're doing, what we what we call bird dogging these meetings, which means they are staking out these meetings, taking checking out the top of them, the bottom of them, uh, getting the senators after they go after they meet with KBJ. Um, so w- there's actually a lot of interesting reporting in addition to just seeing what it's like behind the scenes to see what these lawmakers, what these senators are saying about their meetings with KBJ after they emerge from them. So I agree with Anna. You got to uh, check this out. It's really cool. All right, and the number three story of the morning. I like this cut line, Jake. The new hotness. Hill delegations are readying for trips to Europe. War is raging in Eastern Europe, and guess who thinks it's a good idea to head over there? Members of Congress. Yeah, because well, Anna, when there's a when there's a massive conflict, uh, it, it, a, a land war in Europe for the first time, why wouldn't you want a bunch of members of the House of Representatives just hanging out on the border between Poland and Ukraine? It's like- What could go wrong? That's what they want, you know? That's what people That's what people are asking for. So I think they, I, I think, thank God they're, they're, they're going over there because this war cannot be, cannot go on without, uh, without, without Congress just, you know, seeing what's up. It's pretty crazy. We've heard of two delegations of lawmakers readying to head to NATO's eastern front. Senator Joni Ernst, a Republican from Iowa, is looking to head to Germany and Poland with a bipartisan delegation March 17th through the 20th. Then uh, there's also members of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, including Chairman Greg Meeks of New York and the top Republican, Representative Mike McCall of Texas, heading to the Poland-Ukraine border this weekend. Um, I, to your point, it's it's pretty crazy to me that the right in the middle of an actual war, Congress. Yes, I understand they, these these members want to understand what it actually is looking like, but, but you know you don't usually hear of in the midst of an actual ground war, uh, members of Congress going directly there <laughs> for the weekend. No, uh, you don't because it's insane. <laughs> it's it's completely nuts. Um, but listen, I mean, I guess it's I guess what these uh, I guess it is a. Uh, uh, they need some oversight of something and whatever. Um, but no, I, I mean, listen, members of Congress go to war zones all the time or go to hot spots all the time. It's just uh, this seems like a particularly 
precarious situation. Uh, and I'm not, listen, what they, I guess you got to do what you got to do, but, uh, what a world, what a world. All right. Well, we will not be going to the hot spots. We'll stay in the hot spots of Washington, D.C. and keep reporting on that for all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.